Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. This is Asia Tech Podcast. We're talking about the future of podcasting in Asia. Yep, Asia, where two-thirds of the middle class are going to be living by 2030, a mark of $30 trillion. What does podcasting mean here in Asia? When most of the news comes out of other parts of the world, Spotify, obviously from Europe, Apple based out of Silicon Valley. Is it relevant to Asia? So we're going to unpack some of the news. And I say we, because Graham Brown here, but I'm joined by a guest today. Yeah. Partner. Hi. Hi, Ram. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, you've worked in the podcast business now for over a year. So, and with some of the best brands. Yeah. In the world. Yeah, that's right. We haven't got some good ones. Yeah. So um, you're well equipped to share some insights on what's going on in Asia right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. Thanks, Ram. Episode 493. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm in Pratana, maybe joining once in a while. I don't know. You might become a regular guest. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, let's today. see how it goes. Let's see how mm-hmm. it goes. All right, she's got a foot in the door, folks. <laughs> All right, great. So let's talk about podcasting for uh, brands and talk about it in the context of Asia. And we've got to talk about Spotify first and what's going on with Spotify. Obviously, Spotify, European company, acquired Gimlet Media this uh, earlier this year. What's the deal? Why did Spotify acquire Gimlet? What do we know? Yeah, so what we know is that Spotify had a couple of acquisitions, in fact. So it acquired Gimlet Media, it um, acquired Podcast as well. Yeah. So everyone, all the different, you know, businesses in Podcast, and the total valuation was $400 million. Yeah, and they still got some cash left, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're on the acquisition path. They they bought Anchor as well, not forgetting. Yeah. So they, they're buying all sort of different aspects of the toolkit to make Mm -hmm. and distribute podcasts so uh, before we talk about asia we need to unpack what the rationale was for buying gimlet in the first place yeah what was behind that you've um you've done your research what did you come up with yeah so what i understood that spotify already has like what 207 million active users worldwide and they kind of didn't need to buy uh or acquire these uh, podcasting platforms. But ultimately what they are investing is in the future. They understand that music, there's so much of licensing fee and, you know, they don't own the content. And all the millennials are moving more towards podcasting. So they Mm -hmm. want to acquire all the audio elements possible ahead from music. Yeah, they want to own the content. Yeah, that's right. And anybody that's known, if you watch YouTube, and you're watching a music video and it says like this video is not available in your country (laughs) almost always because of this sort of very archaic territorial licensing structure that exists and you know like the structure for copyright on music is so strict yeah like it's so much easier to deal with print or books because they've got all this sort of fair use policy there's Mm -hmm. no fair use policy for music there's only like you can get i think 20 seconds of preview and that's it you can't adapt you're not allowed to adapt music build on it or anything yeah that's not fair use you can get sued they will sue your ass and even (laughs) if it just sounds like you know we're seeing all this now i mean i saw that recent news with um marvin gay and ed sheeran yeah (laughs) i mean it doesn't sound anything like it but it just anybody who's got 
good lawyers mm-hmm. can sue your ass for yeah. content. So it, it is a a minefield. I'm just looking at the data here for Spotify. They published some data, and I'm just going to pull up some numbers here. So 232 million for Q2 2019 is their latest data. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribers. Um, no, sorry, that's um, minutes of use. So, okay, I'm looking at the data here. So you probably were right in the first place. But by comparison, Apple Music had 60 million paying subscribers. Mm-hmm. So Spotify is well ahead. But Apple announced this week that it's going to launch its own strategy. It hasn't outlined the clear strategy for this, but basically what it said is that Apple plans to fund original podcasts, just like Gimlet. Sorry, just like Spotify did with the acquisition of Gimlet. Now, so something interesting is going on. Apple wants to get in the game as well. Why are they doing it? They're not buying Gimlet for the actual titles themselves. I mean, Gimlet has the startup and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they're not, they're big, but they're not NPR, mm. This American Life big. So why would they buy into that? It's the growth story, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So Gimlet Media, when they started and five years down the line, they drove to $70 million as a valuation. And that's a great growth story for them. So what Spotify invested was not in the individual episodes or the listeners listenership mm. they have. What they invested was the growth story because they have figured it out. So it's better to have them on board rather than them starting to figure it out from zero. Yeah, the growth story. So if you're the CEO of Spotify, you have to say to the investors why your company is going to grow at double digits mm-hmm. every year, year on year for the next five years. And if you you have a music business, what happens if Sony Music or Warner Music pull their titles from your platform you're screwed right yeah and that happens right have we had we've had some recent examples of that where people have just said i'm not playing who were those i think yeah we're talking about it off air taylor swift yeah so taylor swift pulled off a couple of her albums from spotify was it spotify or was it apple i think it was spotify wasn't yeah it? it was spotify yeah what was all that about was it just sort of like revenue share or something like that yeah, yeah. just personal a, yeah that, that exactly you can't build a business around somebody's mood like if one of these sort of prima donna artists decide that they're not going to play, you're screwed, aren't you? That's your whole sort of business strategy. Yeah, I think in the business also, Spotify was realizing that they were pay- paying too much to the artist also for it. Yeah. And now it's high time that they take the power that the artists have. Yeah. That's why they have the data. They have so much of data, what to do with it. So now that's where they're looking at creating their own originals also. This is where... Netflix started. Yeah. So Netflix trades on, I don't know the recent figures, let's say 130 times multiples, which is just insane. And why is Netflix worth so much money in terms of its market valuation compared to its actual earnings? The reason is, is data, but also look at where Netflix started. They started in DVD distribution. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't actually own the content themselves. They were just distributing. And there were a lot of, companies mm. doing that at the time and a lot of copycats they were just sort of sending dvds in the post yeah and i think actually the, the issue was is that the actual cost of the dvd was nothing really mm-hmm. it was the what they had to pay the the music companies or the, yeah. the production houses and so on but from that they built the data about their customers and they thought okay actually you you really like true crime or mm. you really like you know like horror yeah 
And therefore, we're building this sort of picture. Now, you know, people we know this age, like these titles, let's build them ourselves. Mm. Right? It's like Amazon Originals or whatever, Amazon Basics. So that has given Netflix content plus the data. And that's why it trans, you know, it trades at 130 times multiples. Yeah. Yet traditional media companies are screwed. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, let's sort of look at that in comparison. Let's talk about airlines as yes. an example. It's a, it's, a, it's a good analogy. If you're an airline, I don't know what kind of multiples you're trading at, but it might be single digits. It's going to be like utility mm-hmm. level valuations right yet if you could somehow convince your investors that you weren't an airline but you were a platform Mm -hmm. or you were a tech company with data suddenly your valuations are inflated massively right Mm. it could be three times what you're currently trading at and that's been said i'm looking at the data being um uh being analyzed for air asia and i think it's corinne ing one of the analysts has said that if if areas can get their data story right, they can multiply their valuations by three to four times. Yeah. So it's like for Tony Fernandez creating magic out of the air, suddenly being three Mm. or four times more valuable just by collecting the data. So the question is, is how do they collect the data? It goes back to the Netflix. They have to create stuff where you can collect data. Yeah. Right. About the people and interacting with, you can't Mm. just do, you can't do like print, for example, yeah, how do I know if you're reading that? Exactly. So they already have the plus pointers. They already have the captivated audience, right? Yeah. And if somebody is listening to a podcast or something on their, on their maybe something, they're collecting the data, what people like. So it's similar to Netflix model, but they can be a huge media company also. Yeah, exactly. And that is their growth story. Yeah. How does he go back to the investors and say, uh, this is the future when, look, I'm an airline. The maximum amount of growth I can get out of opening new um, destinations, it's it's diminishing returns. I mean, they're not going to discover a new continent, are they? It's not, or a new planet. I mean, we're not there yet, but there is only so much they can do. I mean, now they're sort of going to real sort of, you know, niche destinations, even like Lombok and stuff like that. But to go and say, okay, look, if we add in like Lombok to our, you know, flight routes that maybe adds its minimum mm-hmm. marginal value. But look, if we can turn all this data into something working for our company, boom, now we're worth an extra X billion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's impossible to do with flight routes alone, right? So the key to digital transformation as it is, is really for all these companies, A, to collect data and B, to have content for to enable them to collect data. So the question is, is what kind of content can they do that with most Mm. effectively? And, you know, our pitch here and why we're saying Spotify are going after podcasts and why media companies should look at podcasts is that reason. What is the most effective content to collect data? Because if it's music, you don't own the data. And, you know, it's licensed to hell, right? It's hard. And you, you know, mm. you, you can own it, but you might not be able to distribute it in Hong Kong or Japan or all those kind of yeah. silly territorial things. But podcasts, you can produce fast, cost-effective. And, you know, you can have all your people producing podcasts, right? Inside exactly. flight attendants, pilots, baggage handlers. Yeah. Why not? So... Yeah, that's why Spotify bought Gimlet. That's our pitch on that. 
yeah that's very interesting fact how even like as we all know asia is few years behind the us in terms of podcasting and other things so now we can see the wave slowly moving towards asia yeah. uh, this we have also observed as a team the reason is when i think you were hiring a year back uh there were individuals who were job seekers and now that we are hiring there are individual podcasters who are interested yeah. to be part of the team right Love they it. listen to true crime they listen to american life and all these podcasts and it's wonderful in fact young people young people exactly um should we go there should we talk about asia first then yeah so let's talk about why asia there has been a shift hasn't there when you joined the team Uh, I don't know, thirteen months. Yeah, thirteen months. Back. Time flies. <laughs> When you joined, podcasting was like really, really new. This is yeah. before Spotify. Um, there wasn't many people here in Asia mm. doing podcasts. There was yeah. a few shout like outs, hobbyists. Yeah, yeah. And nobody doing it as a business. Nobody yeah. making money out of it. Mm. And I don't think any young people were listening. Just like maybe really fringe people. Yeah. But now. Seeing young people listen, I'm surprised. Like I'm seeing people come through the door, and then you know when we're having these conversations with clients, they're saying, "Oh yeah, my my teenage daughter, she's listening to true crime. <laughs> she's addicted to this stuff." Exactly. I'm like, wow, you know, because my my background is youth and technology, and if I see young people using technology in that kind of way, yeah. I know something's happening. I'm seeing that happen in the same way I saw young people use mobile phones. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking 1998. Yeah. Early early days when mm -hmm. people didn't get it and it was just young people like really into it and people were saying, "Nah, it's not going to happen. We got the internet, we got computers, we got TV sets." And I said, "Just wait. It's going to happen." And it happened. <laughs> well, the rest is history. <laughs> Now we're all slaves to the mobile phone, right? Yeah. So what can we talk about Asia? Let's talk about the young people first and then maybe we can have a look at the bigger meta picture in Asia. Why young people? What is going on? You know, there's a sort of, um, you know, this interest in sort of quite niche consumer content, isn't there? Yeah. What, what are you seeing? I, so last few months when I've been talking to a lot of people around my age. Uh, young people. Young people. <laughs> How old are you? Can we get it out there? Just so people to put it in context. Above yeah. or below 30? Yeah, I'm below 30. Right, I'm below closer 30. to 20 years. So, yeah. Um, so, when they usually listen to... I, I really know people who are a diehard die fan of basketball podcast. Mm. Like, they love listening to sports-related podcasts, right? Um, I know people who are too much into the business and they are like, I get great content from there. while they're traveling in the MRT a 45 minute ride yeah. and they are able to listen to one podcast mm. so that is the kind of trend we are seeing that if somebody is into it uh, really into they it. are really into it down the rabbit hole exactly and in fact i think there's some data on that that 75% of the people who listen start listening to the podcast they listen all the way till yeah, the end yeah And we are not just talking about one-off podcasts. It's usually series, like we see with Netflix, uh, how we are we binge watch mm. all the TV shows. That's the kind of uh, scenario we can see with podcast also. What was the sort of similar similarities beyond the business model between content and Netflix and what's coming out on podcasting now? Are you seeing? Are there any similarities? Is it different? Obviously, it's more yeah. professionalized on Netflix. Yeah. So. 
What do you watch on Netflix? I watch. I actually have started watching a lot of Netflix originals. Right, like what? Uh, like Stranger Things What's and that? Stranger Things. It's a TV show with About? kids, and there's uh, is it comedy? No, it's not comedy. It's more like scary and some horror. Uh, some aliens here and there, <laughs> some other dimension. And in fact, to be honest, I really didn't know I'll be watching that. Somehow yeah. Netflix knows. What is it? About that, I mean, I'm. The, it's like with the podcast, it's like really bizarre. Why is it? What is it with young women? Yeah, like maybe younger than you, yeah. watching true crime. Why are they really into it? Like, you know, you would have thought true crime would be like for old men, like because it's sort of like Doctor Watson type, yeah, <laughs> and like detail and you know yeah. creepiness. But they're really into it. Somehow, it's just the um, curiosity in this yeah. age, and just want to know stuff yeah. i think storytelling ultimately mm. if it speaks to you you are going to listen to it right you are a fan of it anyways so if if season 1 of a tv show is not good i'm not going to watch season 2 right similarly for podcast if you know episode 1 is not good episode 2 is not good i'm not going to listen to it but if you really like something you're going to listen all the way yeah i think it's fascinating because it's not mainstream content is it it's not like uh you you're sort of I, i suppose what it is is that what's working on netflix and what's kind of come mm. emerging in podcasting is like very much long tail content exactly. which is like not the fat head which is the obvious stuff mm -hmm. which is the banner content right yeah. and you know which appeals to everybody mm -hmm. it's the the stuff that is really popular with really die hard fans in a specific niche and it's yeah. level hate yeah. like they're either fully into that podcast or they hate it yeah. or they're not bothered as we say not everyone is going to get podcasting but you know podcasting isn't for everyone yeah i, I love it and you know because I, i i've listened to some of the, i mean serial for example yeah. is a really popular in the us at the moment and if we go back to before we sort of jump back into asia if we look at what's really coming out of it, the the us and you can look at my uh, report podcasting playbook for asia which has the data in here and uh you can see what is popular and number one obviously is this american life but you have titles like serial up there you have the new york times the obvious players are some of them in there as well but it's like really niche stuff and you know npr are just killing it at the moment in podcasts because they you know well this american life 25 years it's been going and only yeah. the last few is podcasts right mm -hmm. but obviously the interesting fact is for them like what is quite a niche subject yeah. that wouldn't really do well hmm. in high end production has just blown up I mean, 19 million listeners really a month wow yeah let's say it's 20 million i mean what tv show gets those kind of figures right yeah. and it's like if you've ever listened to this american life it is like there's there is one that they did about used car used auto salesman mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is fascinating it was like the existential dread Yeah. of being a salesman yeah. selling used car which is used car is always is in, in the sort of the storytelling narrative used car salesmen are always like the bottom of the pile yeah and they're not the young guys they're usually the older guys who are crocked up mm -hmm. they couldn't find a career <laughs> now they're selling cars and then they just sort of going through the motions of, oh, here he comes i've got to sell the car i've got to make target i've got to hit my quota so it's all that sort of existential dread and real stories like you know you see there's a lot of this kind of content coming out mm. which is 
telling quite human stories, right? Yeah. In fact, Ram, that is the reason why I love the Samaritan Life. It is because I, f- whenever I'm listening to it, I feel that I'm there. Yeah. It's just with the and they they are not doing it in the studio, right? Mm. They are doing it actually at the spot where it is happening. So I feel part of that conversation. That is the reason. Although I can't be there all the way, but I can still feel that. Yeah. And that's what engages me, at least personally, a lot. It's like therapy in a way. It is. It is therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, it's interesting. Like when we were um, recruiting, like the number of times like ASMR came up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fascinating. I'm like, okay, these are young people t- who know what ASMR is, right? Yeah. So ASMR, for those not familiar, uh, it's audio sensory something. Yeah. What's MR? But it's basically, if you watch on YouTube and it's on podcast now, typically it's a woman making sounds into a microphone, right? And those yeah. sounds could be... Like there's one woman who has a microphone and she has the sound of a cat or a dog eating something. And it, it's the dog eating something every day. So like, you know, my dog's like licking a tray of milk like, like that. Yeah. And it's just satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. And there's like <laughs> a million like viewers or listeners, right? Or she'll be like uh, rustling some yeah. like, noise like this. Yeah. And people oh. are really into it. I'm like, what is going on? Why are young people really into this? Is yeah. this something? Did I miss something? What's the appeal? It's it's just new content again, right? Uh, there is so all the millennials that are now coming up also they are smart. Yeah, they know they are always on a lookout of new content, and with social media now, it, things are just blasting and just booming, right? Yeah. So, like I was giving you an example of Stranger Things that I watched, <laughs> binge watched, in fact. So it was all over social media when it was getting released. So the whole hype that gets created, so that is really definitely helping. Yeah. yeah. I wonder as well, you talk about social media, is that um, I wonder like ASMR or whether it's true crime or Stranger Things or This American Life, the reason why this is really popular is because it is quite engaging and maybe people are just tired of constantly being gamed by social yeah. media, right? Like if I look at Instagram, it's like a, a fruit machine, yeah. you know, with like the spinning wheels, like, which is actually designed to like get you to spend more money on it. Yeah. And it becomes addictive, right? It's oh, just missed it. Just one more, just one more nudge. It's designed to take your money and your attention. And Instagram has worked that out. Mm-hmm. And even interestingly now, Instagram, they were saying, Facebook saying that they're going to remove likes likes, because they realize actually this is, you know, I have a love hate relationship with Instagram. I want it to go away, but I still use it. (laughs) It's like an addiction. I want it to go away, but I still check it. Right. And I think that people are sort of have this kind of weird relationship with social media that they want it to go away because it's not good for them. Yet they can't. How much time we spend on it. Yeah. So, but it's not, it's not rewarding in any way. You don't mm. get anywhere. Like if I look at Instagram, it's the same stuff constantly coming out, right? Just constantly, it's like the, the fruit machine spinning around. So like when I think about ASMR or I think about all the stuff that you said, it's like the opposite of that. Yeah. And especially because it's audio, like the first things you ever learned was like meaningful, was like sound, right? Yeah. You learn through story, you learn language before you could read, right? 
So all that kind of meaning has come and it's like in your head. Like if you're listening to this now, the voice is in your head. If you're listening to it on headphones, it's right in your ear, yeah. right? And I wonder if it's that quite personal, engaging. That's why people are into it. Why people like ASMR is maybe because it's like somebody whispering in their ear. Yeah. And that's like quite intimate, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than somebody just showing you a picture of them in a private jet. Like mm -hmm. drinking champagne i'm an influencer <laughs> that's right? true yeah so how i think that particularly appeals to young people right mm. that i I've, i saw young people grow up with mobile phones you know i wrote about that i wrote the book the mobile youth i used to write a report on that called mobile youth and that was a generation that grew up with mobile phones and i've seen i've seen them since like the night the 90s till now 20 years i've seen them i've grown up with them yeah. I've watched them hmm. and see how they've changed. And now I see them like out there it, uh, changing the world, affecting the world. And I see that what has, what impact that's had on them. Hmm. You know, it's ironic Nokia, who were number one, like mobile phone brand in the world and lost it. But that's a different story. Their strap line was connecting people. Hmm. Yet there were many memes that came out at the time of pictures of teenagers sitting around the table as people do today, you know, supposedly having a conversation, but all of them were on their phone, on their phone. Oh. And it would have underneath Nokia disconnecting people. Right. So that's what they've grown up with. And so I look at, you know, these, these sort of titles coming out and it, it, to me, it's not, what's the word? It's not a coincidence, hmm. right. That this is popular right now. Yeah. So I guess we've got to ask the question, is that going to work in Asia? Like, are Asians into this? Because people used to say, oh, Asians don't listen to podcasts. But the case study in Korea. Right, okay. So 52% <laughs> of Koreans do, which yeah. is the most advanced market in the world. And then you add in the fact that Asia is younger than anywhere else in the world. 50% of Indonesians are under 35 right? That's 270 million people in that market, four times the size of the UK, and 50% of them are under 35. Think about that. Yeah. And India, mm -hmm. I mean, how many podcasters are coming out of India right now? If you look at my LinkedIn and your LinkedIn, obviously yeah. you're from India, like every other person's a podcaster now. Is that exactly. a coincidence or a bit of sample bias? But what do you say? What's I, going on? I just feel that they're realizing uh, they're realizing the value in podcasting, and they want to jump on it before uh, it explodes. Uh, so all these people that we see, not just individuals, but brands who are jumping on and starting their own branded uh, podcast series, the reason is they want to uh, get on it first as compared to when it is already saturated. So, yeah. for example, if you see. Facebook ads and Google ads and everything. It's its saturated. Everyone is doing that, right? So how do you differentiate yourself from others? Mm. Similarly for individuals, there are so many individual podcasters who do it as hobby, but they also do it to build up their profile. They're meeting so many people. They're getting known. And who doesn't want that? Yeah. Same thing goes with brands. To be honest, that if somebody is listening to your branded podcast, like literally you're speaking to them into their ears for... 30 to 40 minutes and yeah podcasts are 40, 40 minutes like there are three hour long podcasts also yeah we love them exactly and if you're l like literally speaking to into their ears that means 
that that intimate human life yeah you're a brand speaking into their ears for 40 minutes yeah and they are actually like that's how you create loyalty nowadays yeah right? it's like or love right if you're mm -hmm. if you if your customers like you you might as well be invisible in yeah. this world right because mm -hmm. what does it cost to get I, i can buy likes you want likes for your facebook page <laughs> i know a guy who sells them right but love or something else i hadn't thought about it like that that it it's having that ear time that intimacy with a customer right which yeah. is what everybody craves mm -hmm. and yet really all that's available to them is like paid influencers right yeah it's not real hmm. and the i think the kind of impact that podcast creates for a brand is that even if you're sleeping at night somebody is listening to your podcast mm. and next day maybe you have an email your rep gets an email that love the podcast we oh. see that a lot right yeah that yeah. happens a lot nowadays nobody ever says i love your facebook post yeah <laughs> no. nobody that ever post even, yeah. you remember yeah i mean they were the reply straight away but they'll never remember it exactly yeah we see and we meet a lot of people here in asia talking about podcasting for our business we hear a lot people saying yeah I, i listened to that podcast and it, it hit me here you know it hit me right there and i reached out i spoke to that person you don't get that like anywhere else right yeah now who who i, I suppose the only time you ever see that is when people read books but increasingly people do that less right yeah mm. yeah time to think on that okay so asia let's have a look at the numbers well You know, we talked about the $30 trillion market. It's all happening here, right? Mm -hmm. the, the middle class are growing sevenfold. By 2030, two-thirds of the world's middle class will be here. I think we're in an interesting time that your choice of insurance or your bank partner is going to be different to the one that your mum and dad yeah. banked with, right? Definitely. Even the whole experience that we get... I remember my dad used to had to go to the bank to do a transaction. Yeah, with his checkbook. <laughs> And now, do we see texts? Like, yeah, you picked one up today from <laughs> yeah, a client. Yeah, we did. But otherwise, it's <laughs> <Happily>. mostly everything. <laughs> That's true. Everything is digitalized right now. Right, but I, I think also beyond that is the expectation. Is like, mm. I would drive a car of a certain age because of my parents drove that car and trusted it or you know like a, a bank to that bank because my parents banked there that that was sort of a legacy mm. so storytelling was a legacy and a lot of advertising and communication reinforced and supported legacies right yeah and if you look at how for example like mercedes-benz or bmw promote themselves it's all about legacy mm -hmm. like you know look at our history look at how we've built this trust over many many years right however Here in Asia, like most of that middle class have mum and dads who never had cars or banks, right? Yeah. In that sense, or never had that kind of relationship with or never bought a house or never had life assurance or health insurance. So where are they starting? And that creates this huge storytelling gap, right? Mm -hmm. Which basically means that if you step up and you own it, it's yours. Mm. So let's say you're a taxi ride sharing app. Now you can start delivering food. Now you can be a bank. Now you can be an insurance company. Now you can be 
I'm just checking my Grab app on the phone. Let's see what they've got on there today. They have the e-scooter also now. E-scooter. But I'm just opening it up. Here we go. Tickets. And we've got more. Trip planner. There you go. Trip planner. That's the beginning. Hotels videos. It says explore Grab, which is the equivalent of Uber in, in Southeast Asia here. But even if you like click videos, watch your favorite movies and TV shows. And it's connected to Hook at the moment, but they'll start producing their own content in time. That's no different from Netflix starting out in the day. So the whole point is, is that how do these companies tell stories fast and occupy all these different gaps, right? Yeah. Because they, they're not starting from anywhere. They're not saying, oh, look, look at our success in as a taxi ride sharing app. That means you should watch our videos. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But now they have the opportunity to say, right, all these people creating this content on this platform, you tell your story will empower you. And we are seeing this with Gojek right now, right? They've just started. Yeah, the CEO has started the podcast. Have you seen any of them? Yeah. What's the... <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good start. I think it's it's a good to, start, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's awesome that a CEO of a platform is doing a podcast. That's he, brilliant. Yeah, good for him. And there should be more CEOs doing this, right, of platforms because it sets the tone. Yeah. You know, if, if he can do it, she can do it, all of you can do it. Hmm. Now you've got the green light to go and do it because I can't do all this on my own. But here's a megaphone. Go create content. Yeah. And imagine, this is what I'm thinking, right? Now imagine if you're like an SAP. I'm just randomly picking a company, right? Or you could be a Microsoft or you could be a GE. How many people do these employ? Do you know? I really don't know. Do I'm you want to check? SAP, I reckon, I'm going to guess 90,000 worldwide. What's the, the view on this? Should we take some poll from the audience? All right, it's got to be a lot, isn't it? Number. Yeah. Number of employees. How many employees did it? There you go, 96,000. Wow, very close. Yeah, I counted them all. <laughs> That's 2018. So they got, let's say they got 96,000. Now, the interesting thing about SAP is they got a really, really high employee satisfaction score. One of the mm. highest, mm -hmm. right? And they're doing something right. Yeah. Now, if you've got 96,000 people who are really happy, that is 96,000 storytellers. Yeah. Can you imagine like, mm -hmm. if you gave them a platform to tell their story? Well, that company would never have to advertise or do PR or do recruitment ever again. And the reason why I say that is because advertising, PR, and recruitment combined is $950 billion annually, globally, right? And what they are doing now, not SAP, but companies in general, outsourcing that to people who are like paid influencers. You know, these are people like on Instagram who are popping up and just getting paid to show off your products. What if they gave those tools to the real influencers, i.e. the people inside the four walls of the company yeah. or inside the ecosystem? Imagine 96,000 happy, happy SAP people telling their story. And people buy from people, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So I imagine like that's the future. Imagine if you had lots of companies like that here in Asia, there's a lot, right? Yeah. All doing that. That's the end of ad agencies. That's the end of PR agencies. That's the end of recruitment agencies because that is 
not required anymore, right? There was a time, if you think about it, even in the old days, if you were a brand and you needed to reach out to the Sybil's household, right? <laughs> that led to buy Tide, whatever that, what was it in India? Tide, yeah. is it Tide? Yeah, Tide, yeah. Because in some markets, it's something else, right? <laughs> So, so soap powder, if we had to reach out to the Sybil household to buy soap powder, what we did was we went to an ad agency like Ogilvy or went to any WPP or publicist type ad agency. We said, hey, look, we've got a really boring product. Like, here's some money, work your magic, come up with a story. And what they do is they go away, create a big idea, mm -hmm. right? And they get all their best people on it. All these guys that look like, you know, they've got the turtlenecks and beards, like, and they would like work on it and they would sit in this room like darkened room and then they come out and go i got it and then they go this is the big idea and then they would go back to tide png or the, the unilevers of this world and they'll say this is what we're going to do we're going to create this ad campaign and then they'll show them the ad campaign woohoo everybody high five and then <laughs> like yeah that's it let's do it and then spend a lot of money push it out on um Push it out everywhere, literally, and everything. pay for that also. And with every single Bollywood yeah. actor, actress, <laughs> all on the pay, all the all the paid influencers, right? Yeah. And push it out, and boom, it's a big success. And you know what? Then what happens is the agency wins an award. They go to Cannes, mm. and they pick up the award, and woohoo, and like, aren't we brilliant? We've won a Cannes Golden whatever it is, Golden Lion. And now they're like the big cheese, and they are the the wizards of the advertising world because if you come here i'll just wave my wand and turn your boring old brand into magic mm. uh, i i i now have the ability to make or break your business yeah right that is the old school advertising and that was what it was like for many many years and what happened was is that completely disempowered brands because now the success of the brand was nothing to do with the brand it was everything to do with the ad agency right yeah and there was even a guy who invented the 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 song for meow mix meow mix is like like seriously meow mix is like this mix you put in cat food right he's he's apparently he's like one of the geniuses of the ad he's like the madman world i don't know he's got some italian sounding name somebody help me out here if you know who he is email me gb at pitch.sg so he invented the ad campaign for meow mix can you imagine somebody like meow mix whoever owns meow let's say it's, let's say it's nestle they went to this ad agency and say, hey, we sell cat food, make it sexy. We need to increase our sales. And he said, okay, I'll think about it. He takes it away and he scratches his head for the weekend and sits in a darker room and comes back and got it. And he goes back to the, he goes back to these guys and says, I've got it. This is it. He goes, meow mix. It's so good that cats ask for it by name. Oh. And that was it. And that was like <laughs> one of the top 10 ad campaigns of the century as voted for by advertising people, right? Anyway, I'm going off on a rant. The point being is that that was nothing to do with Nestle or whoever it was. All they yeah. did was write a check. Mm -hmm. Those days are over. Exactly. And and why do you need all that when you have so much of content within your company? You yeah. have your people with amazing stories. In fact, they know your business best as compared to the ad agencies whom you're just selling the product. This is what our product is. This is what the vision is. But are they able to communicate that with through the ad or not? Yeah. So. Why? Why do it? 
I mean, you imagine like SAP. I'm going on about them again, but I like SAP. I've got some good friends in SAP. But how compelling? Let's compare like, you know, an SAP consultant versus an ad agency version of it. Mm-hmm. Like who, who, like, for example, think about it for the three, di- like we talk about podcasting for advertising, brand authority and community, A, B, C. Think about it for the, in, in community, like, mm-hmm. which is really recruitment. I think about that. Who is most effective at getting you to join SAP? Like an ad, ad agency with like a slick campaign or an SAP employee telling you about their life? And not in any mm. kind of those manufactured ways like you see, you know. You Testimonials. See it, yeah, it pops up a link. There's a bank that's doing it on LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah, too much. Yeah. And it's like so contrived. Mm. I mean, they may well be the right person, but they're not telling their own story here. Yeah. But imagine if you like sat here and you told your, you told, you told, you told your <laughs> story about working here mm-hmm. and like your journey, how how sort of influential that would be for attracting other people right yeah definitely those people will connect with me more than what we say because it's they know the other things are scripted yeah short videos here and there sound bites yeah okay so we talked about podcasting in asia today just a quick review we looked at the Spotify deal and really we looked at that to unpack why Spotify were buying Gimlet for 200 million. And the reason was about the winning strategy, which is really about having a growth story, turning, you know, it's that whole story, turning the company from a, a boring media brand into a tech company with yeah. data. Right. Mm-hmm. And that could apply to Spotify. It could apply to a media conglomerate. It could apply to an airline. Take your pick. And then we talked about whether this would work in Asia. And we said, well, look, there is a lot of interesting ad hoc information coming out of Asia at the moment saying that young people are really into this stuff, which is yeah. great. We, mm-hmm. We've seen it in a year, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Asia is very young. And then you have the middle classes and the storytelling gap. So it's a real greenfield opportunity. And here's the interesting thing. There is no Asian gimlet. Yet. Yet. Except to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are sort of like, I suppose, selling our own position here a little bit. But you know, I think you've got to believe in it. That's what we're building, is that we feel this can happen here. You know, there is no reason why it won't work and work on a bigger scale here in Asia. Yeah. And that's what we're doubling down on. So, happy with that? Very happy with that. <laughs> Thanks for joining today, Pratana, and being the um, the the extra voice of insight into the world of uh, podcasting for brands here in Asia. My name is Graham Brown. This is Asia Tech Podcast. If you have questions about this show, then here's what you can do. You can email me, gb at pitch.sg. And uh, if you want to go and check out the report that I mentioned, then you can go to uh, pitch.sg slash report, or you can find it on ATP's website if you want to find out more about some of the podcasts that we do, atp.show. You can see the report there. That's atp.show. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us on this journey. I would love to hear your comments and thoughts about podcasting in Asia in general and some of the data that we shared. If you have data to add to that, we'd love to hear from it. 
hear from you. And if you have case studies as well, please share because this is a living working document. So we will only add to it as we go forth. So more in science on podcasting and Asia coming up in Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. Hi, this is Graham Brown. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast powered by Pitch Media. Now, Asia Tech Podcast is voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. We regularly bring you updates from leading storytellers in Asia. If you want to get more, go to our SoundCloud channel. That is available at atp.show slash SoundCloud, atp.show slash SoundCloud. Follow the link. You'll find our SoundCloud channel. And if you're a podcast fanatic, go and subscribe to us and follow us on SoundCloud. We'd love to hear your feedback on our latest episodes.